0: Welcome to the Wasting Time Podcast. This is episode number 29. I am one of your hosts, Chris, and I'm here with Nick. How's it going, Nick?
1: I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, good,
0: mate. Good. I uh, just got back from holiday, so just trying to adjust back to normal life, um, which, you know, is always a bit of a pain, but I'm doing okay. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm alright. A little bit hungover today. I celebrating England's emphatic <laughs> cricket world cup win. Uh, yeah. So yeah, a bit rough around the edges, but not too bad. Not too bad.
0: Good, good. Um anything been happening since we last spoke that that you want to get into or should we in this occasion maybe jump into today's guest pretty quickly?
1: Uh yeah, we can do. Obviously I Unless know. Unless there's we've... anything on the radar. Well, we've obviously got Tom Tom May from the Menzingers coming on um the podcast soon. Uh so oh, yeah. so yeah, they so so they dropped a, a, a single from their new album today that's coming out in October. Called yeah. Anna. Announced
0: Yeah. New uh new single from the album coming out in October, as you say. Um yeah, what do you think of it?
1: I I mean I've just had a very quick listen this afternoon, so um need yeah. to give it a an, another proper listen. I'm gonna go make my tea after this, so I'll I'll get up. See so people airing in it then get, a, get it whacked on but
0: yeah 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 uh, You've had um a yeah I um like on the fir- first run through I, I thought oh this is kind of cool but then sec- second time already I was just like yeah this is actually a really really strong song so I'm actually quite excited to for them to come back with a with, with a new full length so uh yeah no that's been good
1: cool well well, like you say, like, we can just dive into our guests, I guess really,
0: um. yeah, sure. Like, um, so this is a guy we've been chatting to for a while, um, who because he's he's kind of friends with a couple of guests we've had on before. But uh, so it's Kellen Quinn, who who's the the frontman of Sleeping with Sirens, who are a huge band in the alternative rock world. Um, seem to have a huge loyal fan base. They've they've put out quite a few albums over the years uh kellen's got a really sort of unique high high singing voice and um yeah like uh, we we started talking to him on twitter and like said he was willing to give us some of his time which was really nice of him because he's you know very busy guy with lots of things going on like uh, you know helps develop artists as well as the, dealing with obviously sleeping with sirens busy schedule um so yeah like um he, he's a really cool guy as you're about to hear
1: so yeah, um, we are joined by Cullen Quinn of Sleeping With Sirens. Uh, how's it going, man?
2: It's going good. I'm in Boston today on Disrupt Fest, and uh, it's, been, it's been awesome so far. You know, the tour's been good. Warp Tour was insane, and uh, yeah. we're, just, we're just loving playing this new track and getting out here and uh, playing music for the fans and just kind of getting back at it. We've, we've been away for a little bit, so it's been awesome.
0: But yeah, no. Thanks so much for um. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, like um. Been keeping a close eye, like on your social media and stuff. It looks like you guys are having a lot of fun doing disrupt. And then so walk tour with that. That was last weekend, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, that was last weekend, and uh, it was on the beach. It was awesome. I got to see the starting line for a little bit. They're like one of my favorite bands. Oh, nice.
3: Oh, nice. And, nice. Uh,
2: yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was it was cool being back for it. Seeing uh. Kevin and Lisa who work Warped Tour all the time, and just just getting to kind of like see old friends again is
1: always a good time. I I didn't know Starting Line were playing again. Uh, is that is that just a recent thing or?
2: I think they're like doing some um, some one-off shows in between, like a uh, like a reunion or something, and they're just doing the Warped Tour dates as part of that.
0: Amazing! Oh, nice, nice. Uh, what's your favorite Starting Line record?
2: Man. There's nothing like that first say like you mean it record is always awesome. Um <laughs> yeah. I really
0: like Direction too. I think that's like one of their best records. Cool, man. Cool. Um also like uh I saw the other big thing you had happening today. So at the time of recording you had um so this band Roseburg got that new yes. song out with with yourself on it. Uh what's your connection to them? Are they kind of like one of these bands that you've kind of discovered and mentored or is it, are they just like friends of yours? What's what's the connection with them?
2: Yeah, so I have this development company called Dreamer, and um, basically started by, uh, you know, like younger artists hitting me up on Instagram, like in my direct messages or tweeting at me to check out their music. And yeah. some of these bands are actually like really sick, but not really getting the attention that I think that, you know, it's, 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 it's hard. There's a lot of musicians, there's a lot of bands out there nowadays, and um, you can get kind of lost in translation. So I found uh, Roseburg just kind of that way. Like the singer DM'd me and just told me he was like a fan of Sleeping With Sirens and I listened to their music and was really stoked on it. And uh, they've they've kind of done everything themselves. Like everything has been self-funded by the band and their family and stuff and just something they really believe in. So I've kind of taken them under my wing and just been promoting them via my socials and lent my voice to one of their songs. And now it's just kind of about getting them – in front of managers and booking and stuff because I'm not I'm not trying to manage bands I'm not trying to be labeled right, by right. any means I'm just I'm helping
1: where I can fit in so it really is
0: like a mentorship you know that's cool and and one thing I noticed you're doing that I thought was super cool like uh, you know you're doing that cameo website but you're saying like the, the money you get from that you're putting into this putting it into the dream of development so I thought, I thought that was pretty cool man that's, that's yeah that's, so that's nice so
2: start. like with Roseburg they're, they're pretty much self-funded so they don't really need any any money by, by uh by my hand really but I, i'm working with this another with another artist named manic and uh he is basically just starting out but he's he's really talented and does everything himself uh it's like a mix between the 1975 and dashboard confessional
3: okay. so he has like
2: those kind of like acoustic emo songs that he has those dance pop songs so with his projects i am funding that like i i just got him in the studio with chris crummett who did our let's cheers to this record and we did a single that's going to be coming out uh, probably at the end of the summer, um, okay. and I'm going to help him put his EP out. So it's just basically wherever the artist needs me, that's where I want to be. So yeah, they, all the cameo videos that people are sending in are helping me put money into these artists because it's expensive to get bands in the studio nowadays. You
1: know? Cool. Oh man, that sounds amazing. It seems sounds like you do do a lot of work, kind of helping other you know artists getting started. But I guess I guess we wanted to kind of uh getting to a bit of, bit of your journey in terms of of how you got started kind of back in the day and and what and what that looked like I mean when when did when did you start getting into into music was it was it quite young you you grew up in south it's south Oregon right
2: yeah yeah so um for me like music was always kind of a secondary thing I was really into art I thought I was going go to like art college um do drawing and painting or maybe even like visual effects when it comes to movies because I've always been into that. Um, Okay. But I started doing music because it helped me communicate with people at school and feel accepted. Um, Whenever I, like, would sing or or do anything with, like, a band or something, I felt like it kind of made me feel a little bit more important in some of these groups and these circles and stuff in school. So that's kind of how I started doing music was to kind of make friends and, and make people, like... Feel like they could hang out with me and talk to me, I guess.
3: Um, right.
2: And then after school, I had an had like an acoustic project called Closer to Closure. That was like my first real band. And um, yeah. you know, we made some waves and stuff on MySpace. It was crazy because I had friends in Michigan. I actually graduated high school in Michigan, moved back to Oregon, started this project, and then went back to Michigan to visit my mom and met yeah. up with these. With Gabe and Justin, who are in my band now, but they, they knew yeah. of my acoustic projects via MySpace. So that was pretty crazy for me to see my music travel to another state. I never felt that before.
1: So is that how you guys came together then? Is it through them hearing hearing you, your, your, your other material, your acoustic material?
2: Yeah, that's how I met Gabe and Justin, because they were in a band called For All We Know, and yeah. uh, a high school buddy of mine was playing bass for them at the time, and that's kind of how I... Discovered those guys. Um, and then Sleeping with Sirens came about through uh Jack's old band Broadway had a guitar player that got kicked out and he wanted to kind of get back in that band, so he recruited me to sing for Sleeping with Sirens and then did one tour with us and just kinda of quit. So <laughs> I ended up getting okay. Jack in that yeah. band too. So it was kind of like a double little finger to that guy. I feel kind of bad for him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um so like how did how did uh, you get on uh, Rise Records radar at that time? Was, was that, were they aware of you because uh, yeah, so, it was like Closer to Closure or what was the deal with that?
3: No, that
2: was like a Sirens thing. So basically Cameron Mizell, who did Broadway's record and did Sleeping with Siren, he did two Sleeping with Sirens record, Icy Stars, um, you know, like a bunch of those bands. He was basically like a talent scout for Rise as well. So we did like two demos with him. He sent the demos to Rise and um, we initially were going to go with a different label but Rise reached out and so said they liked it and uh, the rest is kind of history. We got signed basically off those two demo songs.
0: Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Um, it, like, were you a fan of any of Rise's out, uh, artists they had at the time? I'm trying to think who they would have had in the sort of late 2000s because like, they've had
2: yeah I, was, like, I was yeah, I was a fan of bands like like Dance Gavin Dance. I was a fan of bands like Tides of Man at the time. We got to tour with that band and uh Yeah, I think that, like, some of those bands were more on my radar, because I was listening to things like Samson, and if I was listening to anything on the heavy side of music, it was, like, the used, you know, I wasn't really into, like, I wasn't really into, like, the attack-attack stuff, or any of that phase, really.
1: Yeah, you're a a drive through guy, I guess. (laughs)
2: I was absolutely a drive-thru guy. I had yeah. all the DVDs. I had all of the
3: fucking compilations. I was
0: a drive-thru guy, for sure. Yeah, oh, nice, man. How how cool was that at some of those early DVDs? Like, you'd watch, like, the sort of oh, Alistair and Rx Bandits. Uh, they're Warped the best. Tour performances watching,
2: and stuff. watching Finch and R2K run around and just fuck with people at Warped Tour was, like, my yeah. favorite thing. That made me want to be in a band, just <laughs>
0: just to go around and, like, prank people and stuff, you yeah? <laughs> know? Who, who, like, who, love, who were love... some... Go
2: on. I I love the scene where R2K is like, he's gonna wear this poncho on stage the whole time, right? (laughs) As the set keeps going on, the poncho just keeps getting ripped and smaller and smaller (laughs) until
3: it's (laughs) completely (laughs) gone. So that was funny.
0: Um, yeah, that, I mean just that's what's been kind of cool for us like with doing this show, you know Because like I think like we're more or less the same age as you I think I'm a couple years older than you but like so we grew up on the same music So like we've had a bunch of those early drive through bands come and talk to us and just talk about all those early days and stuff and like you you know how it is like I mean obviously It must be cool for you because I'm sure you've shared the stage and met a lot of these guys over the years so Yeah,
2: it, you know. well that's what's cool about Disrupt Fest because you know, I get to hang out with yeah. the every day, and Bert and I have become pretty close friends. Um, you know, we've done a couple of work tours together, but it's always been kind of like on the surface talking. But we've gotten closer oh, because, yeah. you know, he and I both have families and stuff now, and yeah, we're both yeah. sober. So we have a lot to relate on. So we talk about things, okay. like, at night, you know. And, and I get to go on stage and sing a box full of sharp objects with those dudes almost yeah, every night. I... So it's pretty
0: awesome. <laughs> yeah, I saw you sharing the video. So that's fucking sick, man. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Uh sorry, we're gonna say something. Nick?
1: Yeah, well just kinda of jumping back to kind of the, the, the start of sleep Sirens. kinda of when did when did things start when did you feel really things started to kind of develop, develop for you guys uh, in the early days and kinda of you know refine what you were doing and go like kind of to, you know, what was there a defining point that kind of took you on to the next level, you think? Or Yeah, I'd say it, the
2: first warp tour we did, I think it was like two thousand eleven or two thousand and twelve. I can't remember like the exact date. But I think yeah. that's, like, when things really started to kind of solidify itself for us, you know? Um, we played the Monster Stage that year, and just, just going out there and seeing that many people and hearing people saying words back, like, it really felt like we were we were on to something at that point. I think Let's Cheer to This was was just then coming out, so we were on our second yeah. record at that point. And, yeah, of course. And um, I know the first record is, it's funny because a lot of people will say things about, like, oh, does this... Like, your music doesn't sound like the first record. Well, you know, I think Let's Cheers to This was really kind of like our staple album. And the first record got our foot in the door, but I think a lot of artists, what they do when they make that first record is they listen to bands, and they kind of emulate them in a lot of ways, yeah, you
3: know? Like, yeah, yeah,
2: they'll take bits and pieces from, from bands they like, and they'll make a record, and that's exactly what we did. Um, I think Let's Cheers to This was really just us getting in a room and... And writing like what we really felt, you know, me writing what I was really thinking and feeling, and the band okay. kind of following me with the music, and that's why I think that record stands out so much to me.
1: And it, uh, is that how your kind of writing process works? Well, from from there forward as a band, you it's all, a very collaborative kind of all, all in kind of the same same room kind of deal. Or it, I mean, do you work differently? Does you know someone bring bring?
3: Some uh, I think riffs the, I think
2: the best I think the best albums that we've ever done have worked out that way. Um, yeah. okay. you know, feel was kind of weird because feel was kind of like, we did get together as a band and we came up with like probably six or seven songs and we had to write the rest of the studio. And it was kind of, it was kind of like me away from the guys. And, uh, we all kind of went into the studio at separate times. So that was kind of weird, you know? Um, and then I think that we kind of figured our way back with, with madness. Uh, we went into Nashville to write a record that never got released spent a shit ton of money and and, uh really (laughs) yeah we worked on a record that never came out and uh i think that i think that as a musician and just as a person or a human being anyways you have to trust your instincts and it just didn't feel right didn't feel like it was the right look you know so this so so this is when
0: this is when you were tracking for the for the 2015 album you're you're talking about here sorry madness
2: this is right before madness yeah so okay okay
0: sorry we were in
2: uh, California and Malibu at the Morning View house for Incubus did in their record, Morning View. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. and we wrote this record and we were working with this guy, Craig Aronson.
3: Craig Erickson is
2: the, the owner of Rise, but Craig Aronson was the dude that discovered bands like The Used and Taking Back Sunday and Jimmy World. He was like, kind of like a head A&R for a major label and then kind of started his own thing. Uh, yeah. But at the time that he was working with us, he was also battling cancer. So by the time we got this record done he had passed away um and we were just kind of like we were in this weird place where we didn't know what we wanted to do we had this like piece of music that didn't really feel right it felt kind of forced so we had a guy that was working with us that was no longer here and so we yeah. ended up going to uh john feldman and trying a song with him and that was kick me and then once we did that track i was like this is this is where we need to be so we ended up finishing the okay. record there and- the rest so, is kind
1: of history at that point. so 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 I guess uh you know, you start a relationship with Feldman there was was he a key part of that? I mean he's, obviously we, we we know him as a bit of a legend in in, in, in you know, our, our kind of world. But uh, I mean what what what's he like to work with?
2: Dude, he's a he's really a dream to work with. Uh he's an amazing songwriter and he really brings out the best in his artists, I think, you know? Uh, sometimes I feel like he... Sometimes I feel like he holds on a little tight, like he wants to Yeah. He wants to make the best record for the band, but also for himself, which is a great thing. But sometimes yeah. I think that yeah. artists can be weary of that because you know, we, we hold on to our shit very tight. So it's hard for us to let things go and to like let other people in. But
3: okay. if you
2: do let yeah. somebody like John Feldman in, you can write some really, really fantastic songs. I still think that, you know, Madness off that record or save me a spark off that record are brilliant yeah. songs that um, Mate, yeah
0: that that's uh, that's yeah it that that stands up that's a that is a great song yeah yeah but i mean I'm, i've i've known other artists to say this about felman as well just like yeah he is very hands-on
2: yeah yeah he is but i was just saying like in this in the booth with him too just as a singer he was a lot yeah. of fun to work with because that dude knows every harmony in the book so it's like if he didn't know if he didn't know how to sing a certain part or whatever he would just sing it for you and he'd be like really that's right. that's what it is you yeah, like yeah, yeah,
1: just trust yeah. me so. I, I assume that was when you kind of had your first interaction with Zach Safini. obviously he's been a he's been a, a guest on our podcast before And I, was, is that whether your relationship with Zach kicked off was working with Feldman
2: yeah so he and I did uh, the song Fly off our Madness record and uh, wrote a piece of music for that, that song and he was kind of like hey i want to go take a break hang out with my family because the studio's at his house so I walked around in the courtyard and I was just kind of like coming up with these lyrics and this melody. And I went into the studio and Zach was in there and I was like, Hey, can I just lay this down real quick before I forget it? And he he's like, of course. So I laid it down. We ended up finishing like a chorus and a verse and Feldman came back in. Yeah. He's very like hands on. So like, he doesn't like, usually if he doesn't work on something, he's, he's like, oh, I don't really like it or whatever, but he came in the room and Zach played it and he sat there and he kind of like, was staring at the wall and then he nodded approval. He's just kind of like, "Yeah, it's cool. You guys should just finish this." So me and Zach cool. got to finish that song, and that's when we kind of started our initial like. We work well together, and he really crushed our new record. It was it was a dream to work with him.
1: And 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 you work with him is that, is that at the MDDN Studios then? Because obviously he's over there full time now, right?
2: Yeah, he's at the MDDN Studios, like where our management company and stuff is. There's like three studios in there, so. He he was in one room, and then Matt Good was finishing the Hollywood Undead record, so I got a chance to work with him on a couple songs. So he ended up doing four for our record.
0: Cool, man. Um, yeah. So, so obviously, yeah, you got uh, Matt from who did the Hollywood Undead because they're part of MDDN as well, and uh, it was it was really interesting. So we got to hear lots about the the those studios when we when we spoke to Zach, and then and then obviously we spoke to Josh as well. Um, so like. Did you you were one of the first early artists with MDDM, right? How how did that come about? About presumably you were friends with the Madden brothers initially and that's kinda came from there, did it?
2: Yeah, so so Joel did a did a track with me called Save Me a Spark. He wrote that song with me.
3: And then yes. I I had, I had the
2: opportunity to sing on their record, uh Keep Small, uh for their record. And so we kinda developed a friendship there. Uh, and we we were like we were thinking about splitting ways with our current managers and uh you know the madden brothers never like kind of said hey you should come work with us or anything but there's just something about their personality and who they were that yeah. made me want to be a part of what they were starting i just kind of had faith in it you know uh, and dude like they're they're my family so it's like it's so easy that's cool didn't work with them because we're all really good friends but they kill it for us and. They really, they really do care about their artists, you know. And that's kind of what drove me to start this mentorship too, because I just saw what they did with our band and what they've what they've done with their career and other artists, and it made me want to do the same thing.
0: Yeah, you, you mentioned the new record you you've done with Zach. So just like so, like looking back on the on the Gossip album now, how because I read a couple of interviews with you recently where you say like, you know, it's it's kind of has its own merits and stuff, but you feel it wasn't really representing you as a band? Like, how are you feeling about that album now looking back on it? Because obviously it's very different to to most of your other stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, it's so hard to judge your works. Like, sure, it's hard to judge your works in hindsight. Like, I can't judge my work based off, like, what people feel about it. Like, I know what people's interpretations of the record were. Like, that record was... For some people, some people really got it, some people didn't. Um, Yeah. But all I can say is, like, my mindset at the time, like, my headspace that I was in, um, it just didn't feel like a natural thing. It just kind of felt like it was very forced. Like, I think something that I've kind of said a bunch of times is that I feel like I should have really taken some time to myself at that point instead of going in and making a record. I just don't think mentally I was prepared to make the best Sirens record like I was with this one you know that's about to come out but I can't like I can't shit on my work because like I think that without making that record I couldn't have made this one you know I think that it mentally prepared me to to go in and make the right record
0: Right, exactly, because, yeah, you would have been at a different place to write this this new album and stuff, yeah. So it's all part of the journey and, like, makes sense. And, like, I suppose, like, you know, looking back on it, you got some good pop songs out of it, like that one from, you know, the lead singles, catchy pop song and stuff. So, you know, it's hardly – it's not exactly a bad record.
3: Yeah,
2: I mean, I guess, but (laughs) what it made me realize is that, like, that world, that whole pop world anyways, isn't really something I want to be a part of because – there's no reality in that world it's all just kind of like in the pop world to me it seems like it's about I was I was talking to my wife about this and I was talking to someone in my band I yeah. think like the whole pop world like basically they make music that you can just kind of ignore it's music that you kind of put on in the background and it's not like really enticing lyrically or or anything like that if anything you notice like maybe maybe like the hook or or the beat but it's not like
1: it's nothing not like emotion, yeah. Mo- nothing emotionally not like challenging.
2: Ever, yeah, it's not like I ever listened to a song except for like someone like Billie Eilish, maybe. But I never like listened to a song on pop radio and go, "Man, that song really moved me." You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: <laughs> right, right, yeah. So
2: it's like I kind of figured that out in a way that um, that I just think that we translate better in, in the rock world. I think that we that we get on what we're trying to say. I, I can't just go in and write. And regurgitate like songs that don't have some sort of meaning to me. I can't go on stage and perform those songs. So that was that was why I was having a hard time with that record, and especially songs like Legends, because I didn't feel like that. I didn't feel like a legend. I didn't feel
3: <laughs> right. positive
2: in any way. If anything, I was going through like the most negative point of my life.
3: Okay. So. Uh, okay. Yeah.
2: To go up there and sing songs like that just didn't feel right.
1: So, so so you say you kind of settled down you got you got a family now what i mean what does what does the kind of world look like outside of music for you for you now uh, obviously music's a huge part party
3: yeah, well yeah, but that's,
2: that's, a, that's something i'm trying to figure out like almost every day that's like that's the most important question is like what does the world look like out of anything
3: what does yeah. the world
2: look like outside of our phones and media and all that stuff like
1: but you got kids you got kids you got kids right no?
2: Yeah, I do. I have a I have a seven year old, I have a thirteen and a sixteen year old.
1: Oh wow. Wow.
2: Yeah. yeah. So my wife and I met when um she had already previously had uh two boys. Okay. And yeah. so I met I met her oldest son when he was around four and her youngest okay. when he was around one or two. And I've been in their life since then. So it's been awesome to be able to like just kind of grow with them and learn I mean it's, kids teach you a lot about yourself
3: yeah I they bet. teach you
2: a lot of things that you know like bad mistakes that you learn from your parents you cool. know i find myself like yeah. there's been times where i've said certain things to the kids and my wife will be like you sound just like your dad and i'll be like fuck i don't want to sound like my dad that <laughs>
3: my
2: dad's a bad guy or anything or,
3: yeah you yeah, know yeah.
2: what i'm saying like the shit that you didn't like when you were a kid when your dad parented you it's like you don't want to like repeat those things with your
1: kids. yeah so 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 those teenagers into uh into their music
2: yeah, they love SoundCloud rapping. Yeah. It's like their
1: okay.
2: shit, dude. Yeah. They, love, they love like Juice WRLD and stuff like that. That's like...
1: Oh, no. Oh I'm, not, no. I'm not hating what? any of that music, but
2: it's just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. all just kind of... Dude, I sound like such a fucking old man. Right now. <laughs> uh, I just like... I don't know. It's silly to me because my stepson, my stepson will play like something like Juice World and then
0: another artist, I'm like, dude, is this the same guy? No, this is a different rapper. I'm like, they sound exactly <laughs> the same. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 what's he
2: think of um sirens? Uh well I will be like what is this like email rap? And he'll be like, is it your music email? And I'm like touche <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I think that I think that my kids like respect the stuff that I do. Like they respect that I do music and I get to travel. Like I, I'm bringing my uh, my youngest stepson out on uh, on tour for a week with us and he's done a warp tour for a little bit.
1: Amazing. Oh so, nice.
2: Yeah, so like they both appreciate what I do, but
1: it's not that thing. You
2: know what I mean? It's like I think that when you're a kid and your parents do something, even if it's cool or not, it's just like they're your
1: parents. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so I mean I guess we wanted to maybe ask you a little about your, your relationship with the UK. So you've been over here a few times now, right? I mean, when, when did yeah. that start for you? And I mean, what's what's that been like o- over the years?
2: Uh, but, well, the craziest aspect of that is like the first time we'd ever gone overseas uh, was was to Europe in the UK with, uh, I think it was with the skyla Drive. And, um, who else was it? I can't remember all the bands, like, but I do remember Skyla Drive. And um and the craziest thing that happened to me on that trip was I found out that my wife was pregnant. She was my girlfriend oh, wow. at the time. I mean, uh, yeah. she so so it's like that was pretty crazy because all I had was WhatsApp then. I couldn't afford to like just have my phone on back then. So I get this WhatsApp message and it was all shoddy, like the service is in and out all the time. So
3: <laughs> I get yeah. the
2: message that it's just like the pregnancy test with a plus sign. I was like, Oh my god how am I going to do this? Like my band doesn't make any money at all. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. But I think what that did was it motivated me to, to work as hard as I could, you know, and to be, it it kind of put things in perspective. It was like, all right, if I'm going to do this, like I got to really do this and I can't just be like this fun thing. And it is still fun. Music should be fun. But I'm saying like, it made me want to work harder and write the best songs that I could in my career so that I can provide for my family. And I really appreciate like, all of our fans and all their support for over the years, like being a part of that, you know, like providing a life for me and my kids and my
3: wife.
2: But sorry, I I got off track to get back to the question. uh, There's always been like a massive love for me with the UK in general, just because I feel like rock still lives there. Uh, Whereas like music here is very pop or hip hop oriented. So like when I go over and do like Ready and Leeds or we do like Slam Dunk Fest or any of those things, it's like you see the excitement in, in those fans still. And in, in the age range, it's like very wide. Like you'll have young yeah. kids that still come out, and, but you'll have like grownups that still come out and want to listen to rock yeah. music. And that's something that's yeah. kind of lost here, you know?
0: Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's funny you say that Like because the last time I saw you play was when you opened for Good Charlotte at um, Ali Pally earlier this year yeah um but like the crowd uh, you know i don't know how 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 much you noticed this but like the crowd like was just it ranged from like people like sort of still teenagers up to people cut well into their 40s you know it was just
3: yeah it was just it Uh, was really
0: cool thing to see you know
2: it is cool it's cool like getting to tour with a band like in charlotte and play for people that probably never heard of our band or maybe even never wanted to give our band the time of day it's like it's cool to be able to go on stage (laughs) and and to perform, you know, for those people. And that's a lot of what we're seeing in the, the Disrupt Fest, too.
0: So so are you playing it? because you play, I was looking at the set time, so you kind of play on the stage where you play at 5 o'clock. Is it you playing at 5 o'clock every day on this tour, or is it, is it varying a bit?
2: Yeah, 5 to 5.30. And around that time, um, you know, the fans that are there to see bands like ours or Memphis Mayfire or maybe Andy Black or whatever, They've been there, yeah. but we start getting like we start getting a lot of people that are there to see a uh, Treyu and the Used and Circa and all those bands. So it's kind of cool because we just ended up getting that lucky slot, you know? Yeah. So it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun because we, we get our fans, they get to hear our stuff, and we get to meet a lot of new people. And I go out on the amphitheater every night and take pictures and hang out and uh I've been meeting a lot of people that are like, yeah, I've never heard your band or I
1: never gave your band a chance, but you guys yeah. really did awesome today. And so I'm a fan now and it's been really cool. Nice. Well, uh, Karen, we really appreciate your time. Um, we just what we've, we've got a few questions that, that some listeners have, have sent in. So if you don't mind, okay. we, we're, we're going to rattle them off. And then uh, cool. we've got like a quick fire question round for you to finish up, if that's all right. Okay. Um, yeah, no so we're we'll not taking too much more of your time. So first yeah, question we've got, man. Yeah, first question we got is from Shannon from from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Okay. She said, she wants to say that you have inspired them uh, uh, and helped her through anxiety and depression and it's made her a better person. Um, So, yeah, that's amazing. Um, But she wants to know what is your future sound?
2: My future sounds? Yeah. Uh, Well, first of all, Shannon, I want to say thank you uh, for saying that. I think that, you know, for me as a an artist, and as a songwriter, you know, like, I try to be as transparent as I can with the songs that we write, you know, and the experiences that I go through are something that I just try to shed on, or shed a light on for other people, and and the fact that it actually helps makes me feel really good, it makes me feel like I'm doing something right, and in the same way, I also want to say that, you know, our fans are our family, and you guys have been through, been with me through all my ups and downs, so I really appreciate the love and support on your day. Um, As far as a future sound goes, it's hard to kind of think about that right now just because also in this new record, it's not even out yet. So I think our sound for that is kind of where my mindset is and then where, where to go from there. It's like I don't really think that far ahead in the future. I try to live in the present as much as possible. When I'm ready to go make a record, I guess we'll know what it sounds like then
0: nice um yeah we just got a couple more so this is from jonathan in brazil um and he 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 simply wants to know when you're next heading uh his way so when you're next going to brazil because he said he missed you on the last album cycle
2: yeah i'm sure we'll be there at some point um it's and then i think we're gonna make our way over to europe and the uk for a headliner and then i'm sure that we will get over to south america at some point in that gap uh i just don't know where yet Cool. but we'll be there
1: nice <laughs> you, hard working band uh, next yeah. question is for, from Jarrett in Illinois he said would you consider the music you're writing now to be post hardcore again and does the album have riffs and breakdowns similar to With Ears and Let's Cheers to this yeah uh, I don't know I,
2: I've never really labelled like music as far as I, go, I was like and I just kind of consider us a rock band. Uh, when you get into all those different like categories, I get kind of confused. Uh, I just like—I <laughs> yeah, just don't really yeah, know how to yeah, label it too. that way. I, I think that, yes, if you if you like With you to See and Ice Here, let's choose. If you like With you to See and, and uh, Let's Choose, there's, there's definitely a lot of parts on this record that gear towards that. But it is, it is a new record. And, uh, there are breakdowns. There, everything you want is on this record. It's just
0: it's a new version of Sleeping With Science. <laughs> in, even with a song with Benji Madden which I'm looking forward to hearing. Um, lo, lo, uh, last listener question that we picked was from uh, Domi oh, yeah. in Mexico. That's
2: the heaviest song Benji Madden's ever
0: done. So. Oh, is nice. it really? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah, sorry. Uh, last question questions from Domi uh, in Mexico and... They wanted to know what was the best part of recording the new album and what's your personal favourite song from the new record?
2: The best part about recording the record for me was experiencing an album where uh, I think mentally was like the most revealing uh, record for me. I was very like... I was very, very transparent with all my feelings. So I think that's what I love the most about this record is that it's very, very honest and uh, it felt kind of seamless. So like everything kind of happens naturally and it wasn't ever forced. So that's something that's not really happened with our band before. And I think that's what makes this record so awesome. Um, And then my favorite song on the record, it changes like almost daily. So it's tough for me to like pinpoint one, but today I'd say Dying to Believe and it's the last song on the record. And the reason I okay. love that song so much was because, was because it, it, it almost didn't make the record. It started off sounding like a pop punk song, uh, if you will, like the self-titled Blink record. It had that kind of a vibe. Uh, and we kind of brought oh, yeah. it back from the grave and gave it a different a different sound, uh, which is what it is now. And I think that it brought the emotion out of the lyrics. And I, it's one that I think will really touch a lot of our listeners and our fans.
1: Cool. cool. Look forward to hearing it. And and when's that tour? Is it September? That's gonna that's gonna land the full album.
2: Yeah, September.
1: Is there gonna be any more? September
2: sixth, I believe.
1: Cool. Is there gonna be any more more singles from that? They're gonna be released beforehand, or is it is it all gonna land? Yes,
2: in... sir. We announced a tour. We announced a tour on July fifteenth, and we put out another single on July eighteenth, and then right before the record comes nice. out, we put
0: out another music video and another single. Lovely. Okay uh yeah i just want to say i really really like the the um i've forgotten the note L- leave it all behind it's called leave it all behind what's what's the yeah. single called yeah sorry that's bad bad journalism on my part but yeah it's a great tune man love the hook on the chorus
2: thank you so much yeah um i think that's like a good middle of the road track uh it's okay. funny because the benji we were very set on that song like even from the beginning before we even finished the record like we just kind of felt like in our stomachs so that that was like a good first single, but, um, you know, Jack, my guitar player, he, he will go to his grave saying, I guess you were right on putting that single out. I still never would have picked that <laughs> as our first one. So he, he has some other favorites that he thinks should have been the first look, but I think that it's a right. great, it's a great middle ground. It's got like the heavy parts and it's got the melodic parts. So I think that it'll, it just kind of shows you a little bit of what's to come. But the next single will definitely gets you off your, uh, off your chair. And into the so,
1: Nice man. Look forward to hearing it. Cool. Um okay. Sorry, go on Nick. Go on Nick. Yeah, I was just gonna let's jump into the, the the quick fire questions and then we can we can let you be on your way. Okay, cool. Do you want to go first, Chris? Uh no, you go first. You go first. Nick. Okay, so it's quick quick fire quick fire question, first thing that comes in your head, answer as quickly as possible. First question is festival or headline show?
3: Mm,
2: festival.
1: Favorite.
0: Do you want me to explain why, or
2: do you want me to yeah, just say the answer?
0: Yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, go on. Do it. Do
2: it. <laughs> yeah, I think that I think for a couple reasons. Number one, festivals are sick because there's so many different bands you normally wouldn't see uh, grouped together, especially when you go to like writing yeah. leads. Like I remember seeing uh, Dan Word and Rihanna on the same show, and that was pretty fucking crazy. So. I like being able to walk around and listen to music because I'm a fan of music. So doing festivals is great because you you get the energy, you get a short set, you get to play all the fast bangers, and you get to see artists that you probably typically wouldn't be able to go out and see. So that's why I choose festivals.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good answer. Um, okay. So favorite Sleeping with Sirens album, not including the the most the most recent one you've you've been recording.
2: So I can't pick this this new one. No, Um,
0: no, 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 because I kind of predicted that you, that might be it, but yeah, so, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, uh, all right, good on you. Um, let's say, (laughs) I'd say let's cheers to this, because I think that that record really kind of opened the door for our band, and, and really kind of, like, gave us the footing to be where we are today, um, and also just, like, just from where this band came from to where we are now, I think that that was kind of a stepping stone, uh. For, for everybody that's in the band currently you know uh
1: cool. so yeah i'm
2: gonna go with that record i think that one kind of changed our lives so i'll
1: go with that one. nice nice okay cool it might start to get a bit a little bit tougher now for you so we've got pierce the veil vale okay. or pierce the veil vale or good charlotte
2: uh good charlotte okay. without without a <laughs> doubt uh, look uh king for a day was a really really awesome opportunity for me i really like all the dudes in pierce the veil i think they're great guys we've done a lot of tours together um but when it comes to like a decision between bands good charlotte is a band that i've listened to since i was a little kid i remember skateboarding to that first self-titled good charlotte record where nice. all of them look like i don't know like <laughs> like 20s greasers on the front or whatever and jules yeah, yeah, yeah a giant metal microphone um but i that record like really did a lot for me in my life and um so to be able to go from a, a fan to
1: calling
0: those dudes my family is just you know hands down that's my choice. Yeah, man, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, given I mean we similar experiences with that album. We love that band, so that that's that's really cool to hear that. Um, okay, uh, mate, Feldman or Savini? Uh, Cervini. Savini. <laughs> uh, and if, and
2: yeah. the reason I choose the reason I choose Cervini is because. Um, I think that he, you know, he, he's always, he's, it's kind of a similar way, uh, with good Charlotte, but like reverse, like he's been a fan of our band for a long time. And I think that it was like an awesome opportunity for him to be a part of our band and make a record that he would, he would be a fan of listening to. So it's like, I think that getting to see him work on it and be so excited really made me excited to make music again. So that's why I really, really love working with Zach. And he, uh,
0: He's such a great dude, and he works so hard, and I just I love him to So Zach, cool, that's awesome. Uh, we actually, when we spoke to him, he told us off, off off when we went recording, like some of the projects he's got coming up, and some of the insane artists he's been working with, and it's it's fucking awesome. So it's great to see that happening for him. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on, Nick.
1: Next one's probably a bit more straightforward, uh, not so emotive. Um, it's vans or converse.
3: Converse. Yeah, Uh,
2: Uh, uh, it's just kind of something that's been imprinted. It's been imprinted in my brain since (laughs) my mom was young. She's always been a Converse person, and uh, I just think they're more comfortable than (laughs) vans.
0: Okay, yeah, for that. Um, UK or Australia?
2: UK.
1: Cool. We've got favorite TV show.
2: Favorite TV show, Uh, currently The Sopranos is my favorite TV show, Um, and my wife and I have been binge-watching that since Game of Thrones ended, which was previously my favorite TV show, and still is probably (laughs) one of my favorite TV shows, but when it it comes to current standards, I'd say Sopranos is definitely killing it for me as far as TV shows
0: nice um okay we've only got a couple more now uh favorite movie uh
2: almost famous actually it's a tie almost famous and high fidelity those
1: are
0: both my favorite movies okay oh nice yeah i love high
2: fidelity uh we got favorite food Favorite food pizza or tacos actually pizza or mexican food because i love i love a lot of different dishes uh when it comes to mexican food a nice carne asada burrito is really good uh pepperoni pizza from new york just a big old greasy slice so either either of those two <laughs>
3: okay. i got a pizza
2: tattoo on my thumb i'm gonna get a taco on the other so when my <laughs> wife
3: asks
2: me what i want for dinner i can give her a thumbs up on either side
0: you know? <laughs> <laughs> nice uh just two more uh second last one favorite song of your own
2: a favorite song that I wrote. Um, I'd say I'd say Roger Rabbit is probably one of the best songs that I've written in my career. I think lyrically, uh, melodically, like that song. I wrote it in my apartment, and uh, it just it kind of came to life and became a fan favorite. And I and I can see why. I think there's a a lot of wisdom in that song uh it comes
1: from like an old soul type of place in me so i'd say okay. that song for sure cool and the last one we've got is um favorite band at the moment well actually i guess two questions favorite band of all time and favorite current band maybe it'd be a nice way to finish oh
2: okay uh favorite band of all time man that's that's a tough one uh Alright, so favorite singer-songwriter Elton John. Favorite band of all time, i say uh, I'm going to have to go with Incubus on that. I, I, I really enjoy that band. I really love Brandon Boyd as a singer and a songwriter. Um, right, and okay. Make Yourself and Morning View are probably my two favorite records of all time. Uh, current favorite bands, I'd have to say, is this this band called Belmont because I think that they are really interesting and they, I think that I'm really excited to hear what they do next. I think their first record was really kind of an interesting vibe, um, and I'm excited to see what they do with that record and, and, and kind of mature into. I think that they're going to be a band that really turns heads.
1: Cool, nice one. Well. I think that wraps it up, man. So um, I guess we just want to really, really thank you for for the time you've given us. Yeah, good luck with the rest of Disrupt and obviously the up-and-coming release you've got.
2: Of course. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it.
1: So that was uh, Kellen Quinn. Um, Interesting bloke, Chris?
0: Yeah, yeah, really interesting. Just it was cool hearing about, you know, how, how they kind of rose to fame and just like, what the stuff he's dealt with the past couple of years, and uh, just and also like his relationship with MDDN, even uh, was super interesting to hear about. He's clearly uh, has a lot of time for the Madden brothers, which was interesting to hear. I thought,
1: I wonder if the Madden brothers, when they decided to call it MDDN, kind of thought about how it's actually a bit of a mouthful to say. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I struggle yeah, with it, that for a while. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and it's something that it's, it's something we've said a lot on this podcast as well.
1: M D D N. Yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, no, that 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 was really cool. So you know, I just want to thank Kellen again for giving us his time. Um, yeah, that, we're massively appreciative of that, and thanks to anyone who's listened to this as well. And just want to encourage anyone to if, if you like what you hear subscribe on wherever you listen to your podcasts and check out our social media instagram we are just simply wasting time podcast uh if you look on twitter you can just like search the wasting time podcast will be the first thing that comes up um
1: that's really it from me yeah nothing from me dude I'll speak soon i guess
0: okay thanks bye
1: to arrive, and I
3: can't wait for you to arrive and we'll say